Diddle-a-dum-dum. British Strongman Podcast, Episode 8. How much can you run, Shane? Somebody's asked me how much how much you can run uh, alongside get, getting stronger with your strongman and powerlifting gains. Well, without without affecting your, your your strength training, is that what the? Yeah. Yeah. How 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 much can you can you add running in? I suppose as a leisurely thing, and, um, um, without it affecting your gains. I mean, to be honest, I'm not the best person answering that because I hate running personally. But from what I've seen, for example, if you follow the Running Strongman on Instagram, do you follow him, Andrew Clayton? Yeah, he's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so Andrew um, has basically, I think he's run marathons at the same time as training for Strongman. So what I would say is personally – if I wanted to do some longer distance cardio, I would recommend some lower impact stuff or even something more specific to strongman, like, you know, uh, long distance, uh, light sled drags, stuff like that. But from what I have seen, as long as you were to structure your training and recovery properly, I think you could probably run, you know, just as much as you need to get good at long distance running alongside um, strongman training. I think you'd have to obviously manage your nutrition very well because of the amount of carbs and calories you burn. And it's, it would be a very, um, it would need to be a very structured and controlled approach to do what Andrew did. And I personally wouldn't be in a position to help somebody with that. I don't think it's not really my field. Uh, it's not something I'd be too good at and I wouldn't feel confident advising i would actually say if it was me i think you'll you'll probably know a lot more on this basis than me and also if we both didn't then i would say to speak to the running strongman because he's the only guy i know who's really good at doing this also alex badier i think he's called who runs a strength and conditioning site that i can't remember the name of let me google him you you can take the lead while i google what alex badier's company is called yeah, so so I, I was asked the question, and I think it was just um, in the context of a guy's training training for strongman, and he's lo- loving his progress, but he just wants to add a bit of running in for fun. He doesn't necessarily want to compete or whatever. Um, and to be honest, like I, I'm not a fan of running, don't get me wrong, but I I believe that you've uh, that you can kind of. You can anything that you can control the 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 kind of volume of. I think you can bring anything in. I think the mode of mode of exercise doesn't really matter as much as people think it does. I think it's the the volume and the dosage. I think we've kind of talked about um, stuff like this before. Um, I think it's just like anything. I, I just think you've just got people who say oh well I've, i started running and then uh, oh I'm an, my knees are knackered now um so I'm, I'm not doing any running anymore like well, well actually how far did you run did they did they run like 5k on the on the on the first time uh bringing running back into the program did they did they, did they run on the hard like the these variables can be can be can be can be changed could they could they run on the 
could they run on grass to start off with for, for a little phase? Um, could you, of course you could run short, shorter distances. If you, if, if it's hurting, you're doing 5k, why, why don't you do, why don't you, why don't you do a 5k walk and run, run like 1k of it and see how you recover from it and, and think, oh yeah, that was really easy. And then the next day, your knees aren't hurting. Right, next week, can we do and just progress the volume? It's just like, just literally, like any kind of programming, in my opinion, um, where you just need to, to to be patient and build the volume up. And I, and I would say, again, just like any any kind of programming, would be be patient with it. Just because you've decided that you want to introduce running or introduce a new mo- mode of anything, it could be anything. It could be Shane with his yoga. Yeah, if he goes ham on yo- ham on yoga uh, first week and he and he does like two two hours doing it, and then the ne- the, ne- the next day is going to be like, oh my my glutes and my 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 upper spine's killing, or like that would affect his strength gains. That because it would affect his training the next day because of the DOMS or whatever. Where, whereas actually, if he if he just starts sprinkling ten minutes in, and then um, Turn turn that into fifteen minutes, like later in the week or whatever, and then then actually don't don't be afraid of. This is a, this is a key thing. Don't be afraid of putting something in your pro- plan on your training re- regime that's too easy. Right, too easy is good to start. Too easy is good because you can just milk progression for so long if you get a a, a nice low starting point, and of course it links in with the. The, the being patient and um, setting more longer term goals and stuff you can, you can do you can do pretty much anything it's just the 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 volume and stuff that you need to manage in my opinion what do you think Shane? yeah hundred um, percent I think for me the way I was kind of uh, thinking about the question was more as whenever I picture uh, Strength athletes always picture bigger guys, heavier guys. Yeah. And uh, obviously when you're a heavy dude, there's a lot of impact going through the, the running. Yes, exactly. Um, so that's why, I mean, like I said, Alex Vadio, I've just found his, his website's Complete Human Performance. And he um, is a guy who basically focuses on building big runners. So like, you know, 300 pound strong men that can run, long distance um i don't have a clue what his approach is i imagine like you say it's very linearly progressive where you start off very light but although he's had success doing that i wouldn't i just if you're a heavy dude i just wouldn't recommend it personally unless you really want to run a long distance run i just think there's better ways to go about getting the uh you know aerobic adaptions that you're after unless you really just like going for runs um then I guess you, you know go for it. But personally, an assault bike or a cross trainer, if you're just looking to get fitter and improve your kind of health markers, you know your resting heart rate, blood pressure, stuff like that. I just basically, I'm sure you can tell, I'm not a fan of running. To be honest with you, I just don't like it. But I understand it as a hobby, and people enjoy it. Uh, so if you if you want to go that route. And like you say, start light, start something that's easy and just build up gradually and you'll eventually get to times and distances that you maybe thought were unachievable when you first started. Mm-hmm. 
So a good takeaway for that is if if you like you like running and you want you miss doing it and you you you've been you've been doing your strongman training um and you're thinking oh well um I really like to run but I'm frightened of it stealing my gains introduce running back in and it's going to give you a whole host of benefits if you're patient with it, like improve your aerobic capacity, improve your recovery for your strength training, blah, 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 blah. But basically, if you like it, don't be afraid to bring it in, but just be patient. If you don't like it, but you're feeling like obliged to think, oh, so-and-so said uh, I should go running um, uh, just to, to help tone up a little bit, all that bollocks, like, it's absolutely ridiculous. Like, if you want to, you want to tone up, like, like we said before, to focus on your your nutrition and improving your your nutrition a little bit. If you if you feel like you're doing, you need to get fitter or in, improve your cardiovascular stuff that's to help you with your strongman. There's a lot a lot more beneficial stuff that um, that's going to be a more specific to strongman, um, but b like Shane said, the re- the recovery is going to be is going to be easier because of all the because of the impact and all the eccentric loading on every step if you're like carrying plenty like non-functional mass we'll call it in a polite way um then uh, the the impact through every step is go, is going to be large which if you're just doing it for the for to to get to get fitter like Shane says like an assault bike or uh, stuff can be can be can be really um, c- can be a more suitable option because it's going to basically it's going to enable you to work harder and get this cardio respiratory response and adaptations, but you're going to be able to recover harder too, which is a, a a massive thing. So those are those of you who have I, I've done it recently. I did a five k. I got challenged to a five k, didn't I? So went and did a 5k first time of running over a year or whatever and um it was fine felt good wasn't dying afterwards got a competitive time um but for like three days later like my back was fried my hamstrings were fried my knees were fried my quads were fried so the point is is your ability to do something is a slightly different to your ability to recover from something and just because you can do something like say run and be and push yourself at it doesn't mean that it's going to be like it's it's going to have this recovery cost that you need to weigh up whether that um matches your goals or not so i suppose you need to prioritize what's better so another takeaway which is a kind of a recap of what we've done like I'm a fan of like like Shane says doing like sled work. You can do high rep sled work. You could do hill sprints and stuff like that. Um, I mentioned about hill sprints last time and about uh, focusing on the it being concentric only where you're doing the work. So basically, we're, I'm, I'm think I'm, I'm I'm like helping you here with something that you can work hard on and get that get that um, cardio respiratory response, but the that's not going to steal too much from this recovery capacity. So stuff like swimming, I think sw- swimming would be excellent for me because I'm absolutely terrible at it. Yeah. So if I'm right, yeah, yes, but especially if you shit at it. So um, because you, you you're going to be burning so much energy because you're so 
inefficient. But um, but anyway, that, that's a bit bit of a off topic. Um, but but stuff like like farmers and yoke and um, as long as you're not going crazy heavy with the load, like like to challenge you to your one mile yoke, see who can beat one eighty. <laughs> <laughs> but, but just but like, going off the, what you just said then though about if you're being shit at it being good as well. On the opposite end of that, just for me, for example, right, I swam from when I was literally like, I don't know, two or three, I was really young, till I was like 16. My parents just made me swim. I was an awesome swimmer. Um, but I never, I didn't like running. And I wasn't the kind of lad that played, I know you played a lot of football. I never played stuff like that. Obviously, I did it in school when you had to, but I didn't like play it on the regular. So I just never got good at running. So I know for a fact, if I go for a run for like, the card if I ever ran it, it would be for the cardiovascular benefit and yeah calf pump back pump and I just I just hate it and I just don't go very far and I end up just like I'm putting this I'm going home but I know for a fact you get me in a pool even now I can just swim for I can put 30 40 minutes in and I get the good the calorie burning effect the aerobic effect and I enjoy it so yeah you can you can use both ends of the spectrum you can improve something you crap at but if you just really don't enjoy it you don't want to if you like yeah. something else, then do it because you're going to be more consistent with it and enjoy it and get the benefits from it. Yeah, I think, think that's great advice. Um, but I just think think how the how they're slightly different. Like you you going for me going for a swim and being shit at it and absolutely butchering myself with it and getting this cardio response. Blah 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 blah. The next day, I'd, I'd be fine. Like my muscles wouldn't like wouldn't really be sore. Or, or be less so than, say, you at a similar skill level going out for a 30, 40 minute run. It'd just, like, just imagine doing that and then squatting two days later or deadlifting. Like, it's just pointless. Well, the reason I know that is the other day, well, about two weeks ago, actually, I did a wad. I did a 400 meter run, 10 press ups, and some, uh, some pull ups and air squats. It was like five rounds. So I ran like 2,000 meters. I had calf arms for like 10 days. Like, <laughs> it was like, ridiculous. <laughs> and uh, I'm walking on my tiptoes everywhere because I had like, absolutely no flexion. <laughs> I just couldn't walk. So yeah, the recovery, and that's from 2,000 meters. And I'm not like a heavy dude really even. I'm like 96 at the moment. So, you know, if I was, if I was 120, yeah, I think the calves would have exploded. But also as well, um, just, just look at... Um... Crossfitters, Crossfitters get uh, good at lifting, good at moving, but it just depends, um, like you say, how what what your goals are. If you want to you want to excel in the say sport, strongman, powerlifting, weightlifting, then you just need to decide how how important that that kind of secondary thing is. It's a thing. It's a thing that I've made a personal sacrifice with to commit and get better with strongman that I've seen a, an unbelievable return on. And that's like, stop, stop playing football, stop playing tennis. T- tennis is a, tennis is a, a, um, a mad one really, because it, it, I go, if I go and play tennis, I don't even feel like a, I get an aerobic benefit from it really. Like I rarely get my, feel like my heart rate's up. I feel like I've done nothing apart from I had loads of fun because I love it. And then the next day, like my knees are aching. Because of like yeah. the impact on the court, so then um, I go to like say deadlift from normal height, and my knees are aching. Or I go to dip on a push press, and my knees are aching. Or I go to squat, 
it, it so that stuff that I love well, of, um, isn't it in uh yeah, but but now but now I get my cardio benefits from stuff that I can recover from. So like like I do like regular sandbag carries, front back front carries, um, yoke carries, farmers, um, and actually and actually just training at a decent intensity. By the way, as well, like you're you're a very fit cardiovascular wise strong strong man, aren't you? Like like to be able to just to be able to go run a five k in a good time without training it as well. I know you said the recovery and everything, but just to be able to do it, it shows yeah. that you, you've got that capacity, that you, you are fit, uh, which a lot of people lack. So I do think yeah. what the question's getting at that he asked is, you know, it will, if he, if he did start some running and whatnot, you, you will get a benefit to your specific sport if you increase your aerobic capacity. But like we say, if you've done all that with sandbag carries and stuff, look how much more specific it is. You're building skill with the items, you're building conditioning at holding them and you're getting all the benefits you would get uh, to carry over to the sport and your recovery, like your recovery between events. You've done comps before and told me, oh, I felt like I could do it again. Well, in fact, you've done, you've done two comps in one day, haven't you? And two weight classes. So, yeah. 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 No, I, I think, I think that's a good point. And that's something that I um, was, was quite like shocked, shocked myself with was the fact that, if I'd have done if I if I'd have done like say I did five k the five k the other day like twenty twenty four minutes thirty six or something or thirty seven, and I reckon if I'd have done that done a five k twelve months ago, that I would be nowhere near that time. <coughs> I would be nowhere near. I'd probably be nearer thirty minutes to be honest, and um, and I haven't done any running over hundred and fifty meters in that time, but improved my aerobic capacity blah 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 i've done a lot of sprints a lot of what like basically stuff that i know that i can recover from so so we're giving you the other side of the coin here that you can actually train for your strongman and um be, be specific to the, the the events and and it actually carry over to if you want to be able to always have the ability to be able to just go out running because you think it's like an essential skill or something like you can, you can do that and develop that and that aerobic capacity by doing shorter distance work that may be, may marry up with um, recovering for your, your, your strength stuff. So hopefully we've uh, co covered quite a broad, broad array of uh, some broad angles on that. Oh, God knows what I'm rambling on about. Uh, we'll move on to the next thing anyway. <laughs> uh, right, worst injury, Shane. I think I know what you're gonna what we're gonna what you're gonna say here. Talk us through it and talk talk us through the injury and the re the recovery. I think the I'm holistic gonna recovery. Some, I'm gonna say something that's a little different to what I'd usually say. The most traumatic injury would be that hamstring tear. It was terrible. But the reason why I'm not gonna class that as my worst injury is because since I've, I mean, it was quite a long rehab protocol, but since I've rehabbed it, I, um, you know, I've, it's, it's fine. It's recovered. It's back to normal now. So I would class that as, it was bad at the time, but it's not something that's been nagging and carrying on for, for a while. My worst injury is the one that I would say I'm trying to sort now, um, still. Uh, I've actually, do you know Mofo Body Mechanic on Instagram? Um, I'm assuming you follow. Do you not follow him? 
anyone who's listening to this, follow Mofo Body Mechanics. He's got an amazing Instagram page, loads of uh, free content, basically. He's very clever, great guy. But I've actually got a consultation with him on Yeah, you, you know what? You know what? One of my clients actually were, uh, working with him. I know I have heard, I have heard of it. Yeah, Aaron, he's called. He's, he puts out yeah, 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 yeah. free content. He's, he's really good. Yeah, I'm going to follow him now, actually. Um, but I've seen a lot of people over the last kind of 12 months trying to sort this. And he, he, he thinks he's pinpointed it just off one phone call. But I do have an assessment on Tuesday with him to just confirm. But I guess it's not really even an injury, so to speak. He thinks it might be degeneration in the hip uh, caused by um, constant you know, deep flexion in the squats, snatches and everything that I've done over the last 10 years. Uh, so basically at the moment, what, well, for the last kind of 16 months, what I've had is a pinching in my pelvis, like right in where the femur goes into like the pelvis. It feels like when I get past a certain point, um, a tendon like flicks or moves and it causes my leg to go limp. And uh, the way I've worked around it is basically when I did wrapped squats, it cut the depth that inch. So the whole time I was peaking for big squats in wraps, I didn't really feel it. Uh, if I wear knee sleeves, I feel it right at the bottom. My leg goes limp. And as the months and months have gone on, it's got to the point where like yesterday I was squatting 110 kilos and nearly like failing because whenever I put force into it, um, it's just fucked. And the reason my classes is my worst one is because it has been there for so long and no matter what I've done, I can't get rid of it. And what he thinks it might be is um, degeneration in the hip that has caused a bone spur that may be pinching on like a tendon as I get to a certain range of motion, uh, which there is no fix for. So all the rehab and massage and stuff I've done for, that's why it hasn't worked. And apparently, potentially, maybe needs minor surgery where they literally just go in and flick off that bone spur. Um, it's been one of the most annoying things that I've had for a long time. I actually put it down to when I did tear my hamstring, I thought I must have fucked the other side as well because that's when I started noticing it. But then as time's gone on, I've just realized that it was when I removed the knee wraps that I noticed it. Not, you know, it was kind of like, at the same time but that was the reason and yeah it's been one of the most annoying things I've had for so long and I don't even mention it because it doesn't even really hurt it just like feels weird but then as time's gone on it's got worse and worse to the point my legs going limp I have a dull ache now all the time um, when I've sat down if I stand up off a sofa it feels like feels like I stand up through my left leg uh, sorry my right leg because my left leg can't put any power into the into the floor at a certain the degree of flexion and I've also noticed that my left leg is atrophied <laughs> uh, quite obviously now because when I'm squatting I must have been shifting to the right which has led me over the last couple of weeks to think I wonder if I tore my right hamstring because I shifted to the right on my squat and maybe that is what caused um, you know my injury at body power so maybe this whole thing's related I don't know but hopefully on Tuesday I get some final clarification and get referred for uh, an MRI. I did actually, I've actually had an MRI, but obviously it was on the right leg because that was the one that got injured. I never got it on the left leg. Um, so yeah, I'm going to have to get 
some MRI shit done. I'm hoping to get that. It's a six-week recovery time, so I'm hoping that Aaron can sort me out and I get an MRI and um, I may have to pay private. Well, I, don't, I actually have private medical health insurance anyway. Uh, I got it after that injury at Body Power, so I'm hoping that uh, potentially this will cover it. Um, but I don't know if it'll class as a pre-existing condition. I don't have a clue. But um, I'm hoping I can get it covered on my private medical insurance and, yeah, hopefully get it fucking sorted for final. Uh, what about you, then? What's yours? Can you top that? <laughs> no, I haven't had any, like, ma- ma- major injuries from uh, strength training um, and strongman training. Um, I had, like, annoying injuries playing football, like ACL ruptured and MCL in the knee, um, ankle ligaments, both sides, broke broke my feet on both sides from running actually. Um, but in terms of doing strongman, and I think it might be from, because I've always done strength training as a thing to, like I got into strength training as, as actually a building resilience kind of thing of actually with a view to reducing injury risk, if you will. Um, yeah, for football. Yeah, for 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 other sports. Um, so now that's obviously completely out of the window, and I just go ham every week. Um, but um, so now it's much more fun. But uh, since since I've been doing since I've been doing strong, I suppose competing in strongman, probably the the worst the worst thing, which probably isn't that bad actually. But it's uh, it was like a, I don't know whether it was a torn erector or lat or. Just a, just a. Oh yeah, I remember like, you had quite a period, didn't you? Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. But it was, um, but the reason why why it was so bad was um, probably took like four, probably about four weeks until it was, until it was okay again. Uh, I don't know exactly what it was, but the I did it while whilst deadlifting, and uh, deadlifting two thirty. I always get scared of two thirty now in my head. It's weird. Um, just like I've been shot in, in the left side of my back, but um, but the, the reason why why it's the, wor- the the worst thing for me is because of the the psychological aspect of it, um, and it just absolutely scarred me um, from getting back to deadlifting after that was um, it was just mentally so so challenging. I couldn't I just could, couldn't feel like I could commit to any deadlifts. Um, <coughs> deadlifts after that and um, then I got into that cycle of not putting as much effort in on my deadlift sessions because I'm scared of my back and then got to the point where everything else progressed but like my deadlift was hadn't progressed obviously at the rate of the the other stuff Um, so that that was that was bad and a a mind mind really to to get back to um, and that that caused me to to obviously take the different crazy approach that I have um, have taken seemingly crazy approach that I've taken with deadlift in the last however long six months or nine months or whatever that's uh, had great results and basically just doing it do, doing the thing more but doing it with um, that injured me to practice it more to build up confidence and build up resilience, blah, 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 but do it at loads that I know where I can, um, I know I can be confident with and I can keep position and blah, blah, blah. That's a really good point though, because 
something I didn't even think to mention as well. When you uh, when you get an injury, you think to yourself, "Oh, yeah, four, four weeks and it's it's recovered." Mm. Well, that's not the case, is it? Like you you know, as me after that squat, I did that injury in May, and then I went for a three hundred. Well, you no, you see me in the gym actually. I yeah, I was my- there with you, and you were doing like say high two hundreds and fucking absolutely smoking it, and then you were like put 300 on and I thought, oh God, this is going to be brilliant. This is going to do this confidence the world of good. And you just completely bottled it, didn't you? And you just yeah, I couldn't, uh, walk, couldn't walk go down. Out. I just didn't dare go down. <laughs> um, and then I needed that comp atmosphere that, that we had. And even then I was shitting it. And I remember walking over to the spot. I was like, make sure you fucking do we need to catch me if something happens. And yeah, and, it, and then I squatted it and it looked like an, an opener. Um, but it, yeah, the the mental aspect of it hangs around a lot longer than the actual uh, injury itself and some sometimes it can take months and months and months to to go away and then you also have this little thing where you know before the injury if I felt a little pull in my hamstring like a you know like a 0.5 out of 10 pull I'd just be like oh right whatever just felt a yeah. good thing I but can com- that completely relate like, oh, to go, that, mate. It's going to go, or you're back like you, you'd be like, feel feel something, and you're like, oh, shit, I can't deliver today. It just it takes months to go away. Yeah. And that, to, to be honest, mate, it's um, like, that, how, how, that was over a year ago now, and like, I was still, concert, I was still, I probably had my first session, I think it was on Wednesday, where... I had my first session, I had a load of, I think I did like whatever, 10, 10 by five belt was at 170 with bands and a load, like a load of other stuff. And it was the first session where I did my first set. Well, the first rep, the second rep of the first set. And I thought, fuck, I can't, I can't hold my technique today. It's too heavy. Um, I can just feel like I'm, I'm not using my whole system to lift the weight. I'm actually just backing it. And um, and then I thought to myself, I thought, right, 170, I can, I know that I can strategically lift this with my back, get through this, and I know I'm going to be sore for a few days, but it's going to be, it's going to do my resilience, the, the my resilience of actually strengthening my back and my confidence, the world are good, because it's at a controlled weight rather than dropping the weight and then just using leg drive to do the lift, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and that, that was a, I basically just did, did 50 reps that felt like 10 RPE um, because I was going for this kind of position where I don't feel my back and I couldn't hold, I couldn't hold, hold that position. It was over that threshold. So I was going slightly into like, say that um, flexion and, um, and it's taken me, it's taken me so long. Like and don't get me wrong, I've 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 progressed like massively, like with what I'm lifting top end, but still, the 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 concern about the resilience and stuff is is still is still at the back of my mind, and it's still something that I'm I'm still mentally rehabbing now. If that makes Do you sense. Think that the um, introducing the deadlift suit helped you with your mindset towards deadlift because you maybe have this thing on where. It's like an Iron Man suit, isn't it? And you feel like, well, I don't know how you feel, but when I put a suit on, I used to feel invincible, and all worries about my back going used to go out of my brain. Uh, do you think that helps you at all or not? 
not so much physically, even though I do reckon the um, like any given percentage now, I do feel that providing your technique's good and you don't get mauled out of position, I do feel like any given position, any given percentage, you can recover. I can recover better in the suit. I just need to be right. careful not going not going to te- technical failure because obviously if you like say if I go into like say pulling in the suit and I do a shit rep with 270 and I'm hanging over my knee with rounded back or whatever, that'd obviously do a bit more damage than being hung over with 220 raw, yeah. if that makes sense. Um, but for, for me, if I'm being completely honest, in terms of it helped the mental rehab because it it, it, massaged, it massaged my ego a little bit because I could lift a heavier load. I'm like doing doing work with a bit heavier weight so I can I could actually feel that I'll be honest, mate. Honestly, I was re- I was getting back deadlifting, and I was just fucking embarrassed. I was embarrassed, like doing doing like sit struggling with like what one sixty for five, and that would be like my my session like a year ago. I was saw on my Instagram the other day one seventy for five, and that was my deadlifting for the week. And I was like, oh yeah, minimalist gains, minimalist gains, all that shit. And um, but it was just basically because I was too embarrassed to actually think right. I need to drop the weight down and graft. I need to drop the weight down to 120 and do one, 125 sets of five. Like, I'd, I'd be almost embarrassed like anybody seeing me do that, if you will. Whereas with the suit, I could, um, I, I, could, I could do a bit of work with like 190, 200, 210, which at the time made me feel like a, a little bit... I don't know. You know, you know what I mean, don't you, about massaging your ego? Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean because it doesn't matter what it doesn't matter what you lift, really. No, well, it doesn't at all, does it? As long as you're getting better. Yeah, but in your brain, what I'm saying is, if you've got a two twenty dead and you think that shit, but you put a suit on and you can do some work rep range at two ten, you just feel better. Whereas if you've got a two twenty dead and you've got to do your percentage work at one seventy. Uh, like, but even, what I'm saying is, even if if you get heavier to like the 300 range, it always gets hard to accept your working numbers. I think because with social media these days, people love to post uh, big lifts, and they feel like when they get the likes and stuff that they're getting this ego rub. Whereas if you put, so no, nobody wants to post, well you do, you post it every day, but nobody wants to post 140 seven by five deadlift when they've got a 300 kilo max or something, do they? Because they think, yeah. who's going to, who's going to want to see that? Who's going to like that? That's not impressive. And you know, yeah, you well, that, 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 it actually fucking, it pisses me off that. It actually really, really pisses me off that I'll do something that I'm really proud of. Like it might be like, a, I don't know, like I did like, Something like 300 yoke and I did like 10 meter drop and turn the other day, like really fast time. And I was like absolutely buzzing. And then I'd done like, I'd done like a two six, something like a 260 deadlift in the suit, which to me just isn't impressive at all. Like, and then loads of, loads of people are liking it. And I'm like, no, look, look at my other stuff. Look at this other stuff. This is class. This is like, <laughs> done like 280 frame. And like, no, nobody's interested. I'm not saying people should be interested in that, but I'm just saying that people are like in comparison. See, that's more impressive you, than the deadlift, isn't it? So. Yeah. Whereas you see, you you'll put I'll put like an average deadlift session up on a Monday, but because I'm going like 
relatively high percentage. Like pe- people are people are like it more than stuff that's actually either graft work or. And it's quite frustrating, especially as coaches, when we're trying to reinforce to our clients that it's actually like the the, the graft work's getting us better, and it's it's hard can be quite hard to reinforce. I always sometimes. say the behind the scenes work is what counts on comp day. But the thing is, it, it shouldn't be behind the scene work. It should just be, you know, because that's your sport. Um, but but like Jan, Jan, for example, at the moment is doing like long distance keg carries and long distance yoke carries. And I think that when you get a comp and you've got to go half the distance with those items, it's going to be pissed and you're going to be, you're going to benefit so much from it. But, yeah. That's what Nar said last week, didn't he? Yeah. But, um, people will give him like three or four likes on that. But then when he posts a uh, two dead, three singles, it's like, Oh, you're getting so strong. That's amazing. And I was thinking, I'm more impressed that he did the three sets of, uh, cause he has 40 meter yoke, 40 meter keg, which, uh, Fairly heavy yoke, fairly heavy keg. It's gassy. He did three sets with it. And he texts me like, I felt so sick uh, going into the last set, but I still did it. And I'm like, that's what's going to like make you better as a strongman athlete. Uh, but no, like I said, nobody seems to, to see that or care. It's weird. It's really strange. Yeah. So by the way, we're, we're not making the point that people should, oh yeah, people should like, like our uh, graph sets more or whatever. But it's just like, we're, we're just pointing out the, the fact that... Um, it's just social media as a whole, isn't it? It's not. Like- yeah, social media as a, a as a whole definitely feeds feeds this kind of these mental insecurities of um, you know, like say me being me, me doing the 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 like the like rehab stuff on the deadlifts or whatever. Which now, like, I'm a lot stronger mentally, and I just look back and it's absolutely ridiculous. Like sometimes, sometimes recently, for instance, I've been doing like. I've been training at the same time as Molly and um, we're doing, I think we did front squats recently and she's putting an extra 20 kilo on to do her front squats more than I, more than I was doing. And like a couple of years ago that would have been like, Oh, I can't do that. I've got to, I've got to do, I've got to, Oh, I can't have my girlfriend doing squatting more than me this (laughs) session. Whereas, whereas like just just don't be put off by other people and do what you need to do i'm talking to the listeners here like you you do what you need to do and your plan from a to b is different um different from anybody else's don't don't be afraid to um like what what shane and i'll do is uh, um when we're, when we're coaching is if, if coaching somebody online, we, 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 we're not we're not bothered about generally. We're not 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 bothered about what 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 you lift. We're just bothered about getting you better. So um, so d- don't don't be worried about like trying to impress anyone or or not looking bad or just just accept the level that you 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 are going to progress better if you accept whatever level that you are. And that it is good enough. It is good enough right now. If you accept whatever level that is, whatever you're lifting, whatever number, that as long as you're aiming to get that better, then that that's the main thing. What yeah. do you think, Shane? Yeah. 
Exactly. I have it. I have it with people to start with, um, like on, on online specifically, and it and it does it does bug me actually when you do like a, a week one with somebody and you might get them to do some RPE stuff or where they're in control of the weight or whatever, and then they like just like overshoot the RPE or they like the the going past that point of technical breakdown like because the the they're feeling like or or they put something in the comments like. Oh, could 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 go could go a lot heavier, but like trying to justify that, um, you, you know, tr- trying to trying to ju- oh, I, c- I can lift heavier. I can like, you d- you don't need to prove prove to anybody else like that you can lift heavier or or it's okay to li- to be lifting relatively lightweight or lighter than other people, and um, and get better. Yeah. Like, like no, if people sign up with us, Shane, like they don't, they don't need to impress us, do they? Or they don't need to try and impress us with what they left. And they'll probably find that if they do some, they'll be disappointed if they try and do something where they try and put the back out to do a do a lift to try and impress us because it won't impress us anyway. You know, whatever they lift on that first week, it doesn't. It's not impressive anyway. It's it, what it, what impresses us is actually what you can do in four weeks' time, twelve weeks' time, six months' time, a year's time, and whether that that stake in the ground on week one has has changed, and whether you've improved whatever the level. Yeah. So so what, whatever your level, don't don't waste your time thinking about what other people think. Just do your thing. Yeah. Spot on. Right, should we move on? What's uh, yeah? So l- last thing, last thing, I want you to take m- most of the lead on this, Shane, and just go uh, freestyle rant. <laughs> and I, and I, might, I might get my uh, poker poker out and um, might try and troll you a few times and uh, <laughs> bit, bait you, <laughs> bait you little prick. No, I <laughs> Right, supplements, supplements that actually work. Let we want to give, like, say, ten minutes. Give, give, give everybody loads of value, mate. What would, what do you recommend? What, what's going to make the most difference? Right. I wish I'd have had ten minutes prep on this, but we'll go for it. So, um, first thing we'll start with the simple one is uh, a protein supplement. The, the reason why it works is that most people struggle to get enough protein in throughout the day if you if you don't if you are hitting your protein guideline then, then obviously you don't need to to have it but it's always handy to just to have it around just because the way I like to look at it is if we've got this goal to hit every single day now and again one day you will just get a touch behind so it's handy just to have it lying around to top your your, you know, your total daily protein up um, it's also for most people if you get the, the right one it's easily digestible and sits well if you do happen to buy one that isn't try a different type of protein uh, a lot of them come with digestive enzymes in as well so again it's just an easily digestible easy source of 30 grams of protein per scoop whatever it is easy to get in and obviously we know what protein does so it just protein just works so there's number one number two that I'd go for is if you're in the UK, especially a uh, vitamin D3 supplement. 
So yeah. Shane, give it just give us a recap on on what we what you'd recommend dosage wise, uh, protein per gram per body weight or whatever. All right. So on average, two one point eight to two point two grams Ooh. per kilo of body weight. So double your body down. Weight, double your body weight in kilo, something like that is about right. If you're finding you happen to not recover as well as you would like from that, you can go to the 2.2 range, but most people, are, uh, the, the two, you know, double your kilos in body weight is, is fine. Um, now, vitamin D3, I'm sure we all know you get that from like, the sun. Uh, we don't get much of it. And if we do, we don't tend to be out in it. So having seen a lot of blood tests in my time, most people are deficient in vitamin D3 which is why it's good to supplement it. Again, a supplement is there to basically add stuff to your diet that you're not getting naturally. So vitamin D3 is a great one to add. Uh, it's got a, a whole array of benefits that I could list off for a while, but just Google it and have a quick read. And if any of them apply to you, then you know try a vitamin D3 supplement. I have, a, well, I've actually got a tub right here from Bulk Powders, this is from, and it's really cheap. This is a 5,000 IU per tablet. And um, you'll probably only need one of these a day unless you're a bigger guy, you may need two. But yeah, uh, I think it costs about 10 quid and you've got like a year's worth of supply there. So again, I don't really recommend supplements that are expensive just because consistency. If you're going to take a supplement, you want to take it regularly. And if it costs 40 quid a month, you're probably not going to take it. But again, vitamin D3, real easy, nice supplement to take. Um, now a vitamin B complex as well. Again, a lot of people are deficient in this vitamin B complex. Uh, it's great for energy release. Um, it can help with metabolism. And if you feel like tired or fatigued, it's just a great supplement to add. Um, the one I use is just from Holland and Barrett. You're best off getting a timed release vitamin B complex. Uh, again, very, very cheap, a tub last year. For, for, well, I think you get a hundred and I got a two, I got 200 tablets for about 12 quid. So it's 200 days worth of tablets for 12 quid. And, um, something to note on that, it does turn your pee like illuminous green. So if you take it and you wonder what the hell's going on, it's just a vitamin B. Uh, aside from that, the supplements really that you can take are going to depend on your personal circumstances. So for example, for men, um, boron at six milligrams per day boron's a really cheap supplement again they've got one in front of me from holland and barrett um 100 tabs it was like eight quid or something that boron is basically a natural testosterone booster i cannot remember off the top of my head the percentage it increased in studies it's around 30 percent increase in free testosterone just from supplementing six milligram of boron so if you're like mid 30s early 40s and you want to have a little bit of a natural testosterone boost uh, which if you don't know the benefits of testosterone reduced body fat increased um, libido uh, increased chance of muscle mass due to the uh, protein synthesis effects um, also Again, tiredness and fatigue. If you wake up feeling a bit sluggish and drowsy, that can be a sign of low T. Um, and it's just kind of proven to work. So, yeah, it's a supplement that if you're in that kind of circumstance is worth taking. Um, another one that I've got lying around, I can never say it, Rhodiola rosea. I think you say it. I have a Rhodiola complex. Uh, now, this is good for anxiety and um depression and also if you get a magnesium supplement 
Um, if you're deficient in magnesium, it is uh, linked to um, lower serotonin levels, which can, again, make you feel anxious. And again, a lot of people in this day and age do suffer from that. So a rhodiola and a magnesium supplement can definitely help with that. Um, the only other real one I'd probably say I would recommend off the top of my head is ZMA. I think it's a brilliant supplement pre-bed to help sleep. Um, some people don't find they get much benefit from it, but I definitely noticed a difference in my sleep quality and my alertness upon waking when I take ZMA. Again, something to think about with that is um, dreams. You can get weird dreams when you take ZMA. Um, so, yeah, if you end up having some trippy dreams on your ZMA, that is why. I've just remembered as well, chromium picleonate. That is a great supplement for regulating blood sugar. So I think it's 200. I don't know what's per tablet here. Let me check. 200 micrograms of chromium. Yeah, I think you need... Oh, no, it's... Um, yeah, 100 micrograms of chromium per 100 grams of carbohydrate. That is the thing. So if you are roughly eating 400 grams of carbohydrates per day, you would take 400 micrograms of chromium per day. It just helps basically your blood sugar levels stay stable throughout the day. Um, and it's just a great supplement. It, it can help with your energy levels, being more stable throughout the day, and also avoid that kind of spike. I don't know if anyone ever suffers from like a spike in blood sugar, and then they feel it drop, and then you feel a bit drowsy, and you get hot and sweaty and flustered. Um, it can just help with stuff like that. You don't, you know, these are kind of things that diabetics suffer from, um, but people have bad insulin release all the time, and it can cause the energy levels to just basically float everywhere so chromium just levels everything out real nice supplement um oh another one you can maybe touch on i guess because it's not technically a psalm but it kind of is sold as one but gw501 or carterine it's known as um it's a ppar agonist which you don't really need to know what the fuck that is but basically it's not a psalm it technically is a supplement, but for some weird reason, it is and regulated as a SAM. So if you're in a tested fed, I would not recommend taking it. But if you are untested and you wish to get the benefits of GW, then um, it's definitely a supplement worth looking into. It is great for protein synthesis. It is great for increased aerobic capacity. It's great for recovery, nutrient partitioning, which basically means the, the, your body's ability to utilize the, the food that you're eating. Um, it can help with metabolism. It's just overall a great supplement. I recommend it to people who use PEDs as well because it can lower blood pressure and lower resting heart rate. In fact, to be honest, it's just an absolutely amazing supplement for health. So um, I would definitely recommend looking into that, especially if you are on PEDs. It can so take... all the, Shane, all the, all the other stuff um, yeah. before the, um, what was it, Carderine? Yeah. So all, all the other stuff you could use, they're all within the water guidelines. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Uh, yeah. yeah. So they're, they're suitable for people who compete in tested feds like Shane said. Yeah. I suppose you should probably touch on creatine as well. Um, obviously, everybody, I'm sure everybody knows what creatine is. I think everybody reacts a little different to it, but I definitely think that people do, um, you know, some people do respond well to it. Uh, can help with a little bit of rep strength and maximal strength increase. Sometimes it gives you a bit of water blow, which makes you feel a little bit more stable under a squat. Again, 
with creatine you could take it for 10 15 20 days and if you did get the water bloat and you didn't like it you could just come off it and it would go so it's not like it's a um, permanent thing or anything um supplement wise what i would recommend is if you are kind of just off season training then sticking to things like your vit d3 your vit b complex um stuff like that or if you're a man maybe add the boron in and then as you got towards a competition peak if you wanted to get like the maximum benefits from recovery you could add all the other ones in um as well and then you've got like a Basically, you don't want to, with supplements, you don't want to end up waking up and having to take like 30 tablets, do you? Because no one's going to do that. So I would, what I would say to anyone who's wanting to try this stuff is um, pick one or two and see how you feel on it. If you feel like it's helped your energy levels stabilize and you feel good, your sleep's better, stuff like that, uh, then great. Also, the placebo effect of supplements, I think is great as well. Even if they're not doing anything and you're taking some supplements and you feel like you're this recovery machine, you tend to just feel better and recover better. Uh, placebo is definitely a thing. So I think that that's, um, that's an interesting point as well, by the way, for, for people who um, maybe go on my protein and you don't really know what buddy, the supplement supplements mean, but you, you go and order a few and uh, you start taking them consistently. Like don't underestimate the fact that you're subconsciously adding another layer to your commitment to training and your ultimate goal. So even whether physiologically it's making a huge difference or not, the fact that you're taking, (laughs) taking a few, few of these things and like committing to your holistic development more is maybe likely to hold you more accountable to being constant. You think, Oh, well, I've, I've, uh, I've, t- I've taken my supplements this morning, so I'm going to have a good breakfast. Oh, I don't really feel like training, but I've done those things already. So I'm going to go and go and get my training done. And it can just um, be, be another like kind of positive, like have a positive connotation with it and um, like link, I suppose, get you off to a good start in the day. I say yeah, that, I don't, um, I don't take any supplements, well. <laughs> yeah. but yeah. Well, but for really- some people, it can uh, work. There's this really interesting study that I, I always quote this one because I fucking think it's class, but they took um, three groups of people and they gave um, one group, um, I think it was a low dose of testosterone, all males, they give them a low dose of testosterone uh, for 10 weeks, but they didn't, they were just everyday Joes off the street, by the way, uh, not like trained athletes or anything, never trained before, nothing. So they were basically trying to see the newbie game response. So they did 10 weeks with these males with like 250 milligram of testosterone, I think it was, but they weren't allowed to train. And then they did um, 10 weeks of resistance training um, naturally with another group. And then they did 10 weeks of resistance training with a placebo um, steroid. And um, the, the natural group that trained, I think they gained four pounds of muscle on average and the placebo group gained, I think it was six or seven pounds of muscle. And obviously it's like observational. You can't just say that the placebo works, but what I assume happened is the people who are taking this placebo steroid, like you say, they're, they oh, think they're on steroids and they're training harder and they're eating better and, <laughs> you know, and, they, and then they get more gains. So, um, 
yeah, I think placebo is definitely, I think they were giving them vitamin C, by the way, I think that's what it was. They're telling them it was like steroids and giving them vit C. And then they're like in the gym thinking, I'm a fucking animal. And then just, you know, getting massive. <laughs> uh, so, it, so it's definitely a thing. Right, cool. So l- little roundup, what would you, um, what would be your top three supplements for people who take PEDS? For people who take PEDS, um, yeah. Cardarine first, and then I would take the Rhodiola Complex and the D3. Rhodiola Complex always because, in my opinion, people on PEDS suffer with anxiety, so it helps. Brilliant. Right, we'll call it a day there. Thank you very much, um, Shane. Have a good weekend, sir. And I'll see you next week for episode yeah, thanks, Josh. nine. Diddly-dum-dum. <laughs>